Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war a good day. Today we're going to delve into a tapestry of topics that challenge the status quo and prompt us to question the world around us. We're going to start with a groundbreaking ruling by a federal judge in my whistleblower case against HHS. The truth may be obscured at times, but the pursuit of accountability and transparency remains steadfast. Later, We'll explore the captivating views of RFK Jr. as he delves into the world of vaccines and the curious web of connections between government agencies and certain industries. Are we witnessing the manipulation of science or is there more than meets the eye? In an industry where fame and fortune seem to come at a cost, we hear from a rapper, Hollywood star, Ice Cube, who turned down a staggering $9 million, refusing to be coerced into compromising his values. Let's delve into the ethics and the values that shape our lives, both in the natural and spiritual realms. And as we journey through the complexities of our society, we can't ignore the ominous signs of deceit and confusion lurking around every corner. Are they mere shadows or do they foreshadow a grander design? A one world government and the controversial mark of the beast system. But that's not all. I'll also respond to a viewer email I received. I'm a nurse, mom, friend with an opinion just like you. And I wanna empower you to have these conversations too. So fasten your seatbelts, dear listener, as we search our hearts for this next hour. Open your minds, question the norms, and let's, let's explore the depth of these topics, uncovering new insights that shape the way we perceive the world. Get ready for an exciting hour, and as always, your feedback is appreciated. Please take the time to like, share, and review the show. That's how the tech overlords boost us in the search engines. I'm Jody O'Malley. Let's dive in. My attorney, Mike Yoder, posted this on his Instagram page. Breaking. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has until August 10th to turn over the entire agency file concerning inflation of COVID patient statistics for financial gain, erroneous, false, or omitted VAERS reporting to minimize data on injuries, suppression of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, 
use of remdesivir for financial kickbacks. Nurse for natives, that's me, blew the whistle and she lost everything because she stood firm and did what is right. She lost her job and her income. She had a restraining order placed on her and she had to defend an attack on her nursing license. And she is still fighting and most importantly, winning. Jody is a true American hero. We've succeeded in keeping her nursing license with no finding of wrongdoing. We've obtained a court order and validating the restraining order against her. And we've succeeded in forcing the government to turn over their file concerning the truth underlying this massive deadly charade. I will expose every single piece of evil that plagues our country. Our bodies are not subscriptions or test experiments, nor are we so ignorant as to not knowing the eyes with which our government sees us. I will never stop fighting for the truth, for what is right, and I will win every beep time. <laughs> I love his heart. He has got the best heart. Let me tell you guys, this has not been an easy fight. And, and I'll tell you, that's because not many people are fighting. That's the problem. You know, so many people are just so afraid to step up and speak truth, you know, and, you know, they just are comfortable and they don't want to risk being uncomfortable. But, you know, this ruling is just such a big deal. I, I can't even tell you the magnitude at which this really just hit me, you know, I mean, the judge ruling, well, let me, let me just read it for you. I find the appellant is entitled to a hearing because she made non-frivolous jurisdictional allegations subject to further proof. Hallelujah. That is exactly right. The, the American people deserve to know what happened. And I'm just going to read a few of the highlighted parts. Um, I encourage you to share this far and wide. So one of the parts says, um, as a clinical nurse specialist, you allege that PIMC officials improperly admitted COVID-19 positive patients. PIMC officials admitted patients to the ICU as COVID-19 patients, despite COVID-19 being a secondary or incidental condition. Next one. PIMC agency officials wrongfully prevented providers from prescribing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin to treat COVID-19, and that they improperly refused to fill HCQ and IVM, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, to treat COVID-19. Next one. PIMC officials wrongfully allowed the usage of remdesivir to treat COVID-19. The facility only prescribed remdesivir to receive monetary support or kickbacks. So th these are my words. And he's saying there's further proof needed. Next one. You also allege that employees failed to report COVID-19 vaccine reaction in HHS vaccine adverse reporting system 
affairs as required by law. Yes, guys, we are mandatory reporters and we it is against the law not to file. He concludes, based on the knowledge, timing, and test, the appellate non-frivolously alleged her protected disclosures were a contributing factor in one or more of the personal actions. And so I will put this in the show notes, but, you know, this is a big deal for whistleblowers out there. You know, um, if we don't have whistleblowers coming forward and exposing the wrongdoing, who do we expect to do it? I mean, the government, I couldn't even go to the government to expose the government. I had to go to an outside organization, James O'Keefe's organization to do it. You know, this impact on this ruling on government accountability and transparency is huge. And we'll get more into that topic later on. But first, I want to read um, a listener email. And this is from Catherine. Please explain in depth all about nurses who went along with the lying propaganda of being overwhelmed in hospitals while they were actually practicing TikTok dances and also nurses of death and how they could have killed their patients with meds and not catch on or just continue even though they started realizing it. Well, see guys, that's the problem is that they weren't realizing it necessarily, right? Because what happened was propaganda messaging was out there and the media and everywhere you looked on every news source, on your phone, on your laptop, on your computer, you know, um, the your fire stick, Netflix, I mean, everywhere they were talking about the hospitals being overwhelmed and just wait, wait your turn. It's coming to a city near you, right? So there was a lot of time where we had downtime. There was, I would, I was watching videos because people were so afraid to come into the hospital. And so that's the thing is that it's the propaganda that overwhelmed the hearts and minds of people. And that's what I get into in my book, Rare Courage, is that propaganda messaging, when it's successful, people lose their ability to critically think and they operate on emotion. So there's my quick answer to that. He goes on, or she goes on to say, sometimes we hear of nurses who stayed on despite knowing they were all lying and it wasn't until they were fired for refusing the vax that they left and blew the whistle. How could they continue that long and only leave once their own life was being threatened? Please help me understand how this could go down in today's world. Money just can't be enough of a reason. Even though... We hear some nurses were earning up to 50000 a week in the death zones. Let's say they had no conscience. Did they have no fear of being caught eventually? Still, how could they have no conscience? It seemed like nursing used to attract genuine caregivers. How could they do what they did, causing such suffering to families? 
I guess the vax hatred for unvax might explain how they could kill an unvax patient and then taunt the family cruelly. But was the hatred that intense to turn them into sadists? If I am sounding judgmental, it is on purpose, somewhat, because I want to be put in my place. And for you to explain how this could happen, because it seems near impossible to grasp. You know, again, how could this happen? How could so many people? Well, first of all, one, people were following the media, right? And, and, you know, the, what the doctors were saying and the hospital administrators were telling them all that came down from HHS, right? They were telling the hospitals what to do. And, you know, the, the, censorship of scientific information and the discourse was so intense that the people like myself who was talking about science and what was going on um or talking about science evidence-based science let me explain that is using the best available science we had i don't understand how they didn't stick to that principle right? It's a principle of nursing ethics. It's a principle of medical ethics. How they could have the government and a talking head, Fauci, come on air and say and turn everything we knew scientifically upside down. I don't understand how that could be, um, except for the fact that propaganda messaging got to them and they lost their ability to critically think. Goes on to say, my grandmother was killed with a cocktail or clearly given to her the evening after we all agreed for her switch over to hospice status, which we were told to do so that we could visit her for her birthday. They said if we just let them change her paperwork, she could then receive visitors. Horrible, horrible. That should never death when your, your loved one is knocking on death's door. Um, to have people come in. The advocate should never have left the bedside. What should have happened is that the family member or the nurse asked the family member, hey, you understand that COVID is highly transmissible and you could die if you get it, right? They say, yes. Are you okay to assume all the risk? They say, yes, you chart that in your notes and you allow the family in. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I overturned it for a nurse that was willing to accept the family. But then you had other nurses that were happy that the family wasn't at the bedside anymore. They were like, oh, we could chill. We don't have to deal with them. Um, When that's horrible for nurses to think like that, right? Because we don't deal with the family. The family helps the patient, not only helps the patient recognize what they may need, but they help them eat. They help encourage them. They give them hope. They give them conversation. These patients who were COVID positive, they were in isolation and, you know, they didn't even get the same intensity of nursing care or doctors. Okay, so if if we just let them change her pay, paperwork to hospice, 
she could then receive visitors. She never even changed rooms, but we didn't realize that. By that change, they would then give her painkillers, paralytics, and sedatives she had always refused without anyone's knowledge. We found out months later from the billing notes because someone suggested to do that. We remember the nurse telling us at least we were able to say goodbye and how her death would probably end up saving lives because it would make room for care for them as they expected a flood of COVID patients as the pandemic was just starting. You see, like horrible, horrible that they would even think that. But again, propaganda, you know, and thinking that they're getting flooded with patients coming in when when people are still, we weren't pulling bodies off the street. We weren't pulling bodies at home, at home dead at home. People were dying in the hospital. And, you know, for me, I always looked at it as though I I knew that the measures that they were instituting, staying home, locking down, not talking to your family, not going to church, all of those were just going to cause more death and harm than we could possibly even imagine. And I'm so sorry. You know, I... I, I've heard many of these stories. I could imagine what many of the family members, if they could write a letter, would have said to the nurses there. She was recovering from surgery and doing well up until that point, was becoming depressed because we could not visit her as planned after her surgery because the lockdowns had started. She would have been back home within another week as her recovery was going well. She did go into surgery, realizing she could pass at her age just from the procedure. And we all put it in God's hands and had planned to all visit her for a birthday party as we always came together to celebrate the matriarch of our family responsible for so many lives. Okay, so what I would say to you, um, again, I'm, I'm sorry, this just doesn't get easier to read this. And this is a big reason why I recorded what was happening and show the world and for them to decide for themselves. But I would suggest going to a thousandwidows.org. And what is happening is we are interviewing nurses who are volunteering to go through medical records. We're not at the stage of receiving it, but that is what we expect to happen. We expect for justice to be served. Okay, guys. I'm sorry. That, that's always just so emotional for me. We have RFK Jr.'s perspective on his vaccines. And I want to play a video for you. He's being interviewed by libertarians and they are asking him some hard questions, but we have heard going around on the, on the internet, or I've seen it, that he says, I've always been pro-vax. I, you know, and he says this, um, this is a good example of why you need to listen to the whole thing and you can't cut out. 
I've given so many different interviews and I could see somebody butchering it up. So, um, you know, here we go. Here, here's a, about 10 minutes or so. I mean, my, I'm not the anti-vaccine. I never have been. If you show me a vaccine that works and that makes people healthier. And so that, MM, uh, uh, the MMR vaccines don't work. Well, I would like to see data that show that people, I would like to see a vaccinated versus unvaccinated study that show that people who get the uh, MMR vaccine are in, uh, are healthier Uh a decade later. How do you uh, explain this graph? Well, you know, you said many things that are, you know, a part of the kind of industry propaganda. One is that uh, vaccine, that, you know, those later rises mm -hmm. in, in vaccination in, uh, in measles come from uh, unvaccinated individuals, uh, come from the, you know, the complacency, but vaccine vaccination rates have gone up continuously. There's no time in our country that vaccination rates have dwindled, have gone lower. So they they continue to go. So there's not a, a time when they went lower that those that suddenly you see. Yeah, but you can look at isolated communities where, yeah. for a variety of reasons. And you it is it is slipping down. This is a, an article showing that you know kindergarten vaccination rates have been dropping, especially uh, it started in 2019, but post COVID, it's still very high. It's in the high 90s, but it's gone from like 95 to 93 percent. And what I think the science shows about vaccines is that these numbers, you know, we don't really know what the threshold is, but once you start getting below 90 and 85, then that's when, you know, as a parent of young children, I start to get, you know, pretty nervous uh, that we're gonna have outbreaks. Can I answer you? Yes. Okay, number one, you have to check in those outbreaks to see whether the, whether the, the uh, the, the kids who are getting the measles are actually unvaccinated and what strain it is. For example, in the Disneyland strain, we know that at least 36% of the kids who got measles were vaccine strain measles. What we're seeing is the vaccine wanes. And after 20 years, there's extreme waning. Oh, the vaccine has not been around that long. And when the, 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 a uh, generation that got that that got measles like myself dies off. You're going to see a lot of me return of measles. Now, um, measles mortality used to be tremendous in our country. Oh, it used to kill tens of thousands of children a year. Prior to 1964, prior to the introduction of the vaccine, that mortality dropped off. I think the year of the vaccine, it was down to about two or 300 people a year. Almost all those children were malnourished, the deaths from measles. So the deaths from measles were declining anyway. And there's a study that the CDC did in 2000 called, and, it's, uh, and it was published in, I think, uh, Pediatrics, and they did it with Johns Hopkins. And they asked the question, did vaccines contribute to this dramatic decrease in mortalities among American children that happened after in the 20th century. And after looking at all the data, they came back and said, no, the vaccines had almost nothing to do with it. What, what, what was responsible for those decline in mortalities was engineering solutions. It was better nutrition, chlorinated water, better hygiene, good food, et cetera, and lower density housing. So 
Um, now, then there's the other question. Is it beneficial to get measles on your kid? Is that beneficial? And I, uh, I speak as a survivor of measles, mumps, yeah. and chickenpox, among right. other childhood diseases that no longer exist. And me too. So, you know, for example, in Europe, they don't allow the chickenpox vaccine. We make it here, and why don't they allow it? Because if you give kids a chickenpox vaccine, you're much more likely to get um, uh, shingles when you're older. And we now have- If you have the vaccine. That's, that's way, exactly wrong, right? It's like if you have the chickenpox as a child, you're more likely to get shingles. Or the vaccine. If you get if you if we have wild chicken pox, what the wild chicken pox did is every two years it would come back. And if you were if you got it when you were a kid, when it came back, it was it functioned as a booster. So you would never get shingles. The people who used to get shingles were people who were isolated from children. So they tended when I was young, it, it, shingles was associated with old curmudgeons who never went near kids. If you were near kids and you got that exposure, you wouldn't get shingles. So now that we've eliminated that annual boot, the biannual booster that people got, we now have a shingles epidemic. And, you know, the CDC did a study. In fact, the scientists, they did an extensive five to 10 year study in Antelope Valley, California, by a scientist, they, an NIH scientist, contract scientist called Gary Goldman. And he predicted, he said, if you do this vaccine, this mass vaccination, we are going to have a massive shingle epidemic in 10 years. And that's exactly what happened. And if you go on NHS website today, the National Health Service in England, it will say on that website, on the homepage, we do not um, mandate the chickenpox vaccine because it causes shingles epidemics. Now with measles, well, there are lots and lots of studies out there that show if you got measles as a kid, you're much, you are, you have a, a heightened immunity against certain kinds of cancers, against atopic disease, against cardiac disease and allergic disease when you get older. So having those childhood diseases, which were essentially rashes in many cases, you um, and were you know self-limiting and and harmless to, to almost all children. You it immunizes you and it builds your immune response in the future against all kinds of really bad diseases that actually kill you. There's there's there, also, there, yeah. there, there's also uh, you know uh, real risks of uh, you know bad outcomes for all these diseases, whether they are measles, mumps, and rubella. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it is hard to look at charts like the one I put up before or this one that has to do with polio that has a similar story. 1955, I have marked here is where the vaccine was licensed. Polio plummets. We know polio an even more severe disease that uh, I would hope none of us would want to see come back. And so I guess first I'll just ask you, you know, are you worried about something like polio? And then secondly, what is what would be your policy approach to these vaccines? Would you actually allow people to continue getting people who want the vaccines to still get them, or would you ban some of these vaccines outright? No, I would. Yeah, I, I'm not. I would. I I won't mandate vaccines. If anybody wants to get a vaccine, should get it. What I'll do is I'll make sure we have good science. That's all. 
and then let people make up their own minds. And by the way, 80% of the polio cases on earth today, according to the WHO, are vaccine strain polio. That means people got it from vaccinated people. Can I uh, just address yeah, them? Because I those, think the, those cases are extremely low, uh, as you can see by this chart. So if it's 80%, uh, it's 80%, it's a very small number. Worldwide polio is almost eradicated. So just, you know, can make I, sure can people I have the just, context there. Can I zero in on a, a point? Uh, oh, it's not eradicated. It's, it is eradicated in the United States, yeah. but it's not eradicated around the world. And as I said, the WHO, there is, it is a killer around the world. And according to WHO, 80% of it is vaccine strain. Can and I ask? Say that you would make sure the science is solid. What would, uh, like, uh, what would be your method for doing that? I, I um, saw a recent report from Anna Merlan from, the, uh, from Vice who uh, watched your recent health policy summit. I couldn't find the, the recording to review myself. So this is her reporting. She said that you would be actually, you said you would be actually issuing executive orders from the Oval Office to kind of shape health policy and also kind of target medical journals that you felt had, uh, I don't know, been captured. Is that an accurate characterization to your, yes. what your approach would be uh, to health policy from the Oval Office? Yeah, my, my approach will be to appoint good people who will actually do safety science. There's not one of the 72 vaccine doses now mandated for American children that have ever been through a placebo-controlled study relicensure. That's outrageous. Every other medicine has to go through pre-licensing safety studies. The vaccines are the only ones that are exempt and we're mandating them for healthy children. And all I'm saying is, Let's do a real safety study so that we know the risk profile on these products. So there you have it. I mean, the, uh, to argue with RFK on this subject when he has um, studied this for so many years, if you hear the, the background story of how Children's Health Defense was created, you'll see it was because of moms coming up constantly and saying to him, um, help us, help us. My baby was fine before I got injected. And um, you'll, you'll hear more of my opinion. I, I We have to take a break. But guys, download America Out Loud Talk Radio app right now on your phone and hit it. 24-7, you will get um, different shows playing, uh, different topics, different show hosts. We have constitutional attorneys, um, uh doctors, scientists, researchers. It, it, we have a plethora of information. And of course, Nurses Out Loud. We'll be right back. It's time in this The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, we had a really good first half with my um, ruling from a federal judge on my whistleblower case. Um, but, you know, we're talking about this interview with um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, with these independent, um, uh, not independent, libertarian, sorry, libertarian um, news source. It is reason, free minds and free markets. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, but the interview is about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and he just goes in depth. 
So what he's saying is, is that, you know, there, there are certain diseases as a child that we get as children, and it helps to protect us as an adult into the future for many different reasons. Getting a virus naturally and getting the whole virus um, is much different than getting a vaccine that has a fragment of it, right? Um, that's the most simplest way that I can explain it. Uh, when we have childhood diseases like chickenpox, you know, I mean, we had chickenpox parties. You know, when my son, who was three, got uh, chickenpox, I had my daughter who was, you know, six months old get it. I didn't, you know, hide her from it. I knew that they were going to get it and they have immunity. And so it's almost the same thing, right? As, as COVID, um, you know, we had a lot of scientists out there saying, let them get it naturally. It's not affecting people. There's a 99 plus percent survival rate. Um, protect the elderly. Let's protect them. Um, and then let the rest of society go out, um, a, and do their business. And, um, you know, even with our horrible numbers, uh, the, the death rate is still not high. Right. And, and I don't say that lightly guys, I'm not saying like, Oh, you know, people took a hit. Right. I'm not saying that I'm saying that statistically speaking, the damage that was done, um, to society on so many levels, financial education, you know, um, it was far worse. And not to mention, not to mention that I believe that it was the deadly hospital protocols that killed people. As that that viewer um, letter that I read earlier, and you know, and so that's what happens. You know, it, it, when we have, you know, RFK talks a lot about the regulatory capture. Um, of the the industries by big pharma, you know, big pharma, he goes on and gives some statistics like 85% of the advertising on mainstream media is, and don't quote me, it's something like that, some high number, but big pharma gives our mainstream media agencies advertiser money, big money. So if they're coming out and they're allowing the other side to speak as what we expect from our news reporters, they have ethics too. They have ethics that they are supposed to abide by, but they're not, right? You know, Ivory Hecker, another whistleblower with James O'Keefe, she came out and she said, they are telling me what to say. They are saying that I can't say hydroxychloroquine, um, the physician in Texas that she interviewed is giving and he's giving it with success. And, and they go on to say the editor um, goes on to tell her, you know, that that's our advertising. Like essentially we can't talk, speak out against it. That is regulatory capture. You know, we should not be having big pharma go around not needing insurance, right? not needing insurance because they can't be sued. That 1986 um, act passed by Reagan, that, that absolutely needs to be overturned. Um, we cannot allow big pharma to push out its big pharma drugs 
advertise on TV. I think that was in 1997 that they were allowed to advertise on TV. And in RFK, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that he's my guy or anything, but he listened to his interviews, listen to as many as you can, because it makes you go down the rabbit hole of researching what he says and the amount of history and facts and knowledge that he has is just tremendous. And, you know, there's a lot that I've learned, a lot that I've researched and and he's correct. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll continue hearing what he has to say, but in a lot of ways, I believe that he is, um, he, he may be the guy, I mean, you know, he's the only one seeming to, you know, come out and call him out and say what he's going to do. And I'm not taking anything away from Trump because I loved what that man did for our country. Um, we were thriving before all of this and, you know, but he's not coming out and he's not saying that the vaccine are harming people or that they failed. I mean, for goodness sake, Pfizer and their clinical trial study didn't even test if they would stop transmission or infection before we injected the the whole public. And then for the CDC to come out and say, well, you're not considered fully vaccinated until two weeks. So all these deaths, all these numbers and everything are so skewed. Um, But how could you say something like that when the vaccine was never tested to stop transmission or infection? So how could someone be considered fully vaccinated. It, it It's just absolutely absurd to me. And, and it just feels, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, but it, it, it's like the amount of confusion and deceit is just so rampant. And, you know, I'll end the show on why I think that is. So now let's hear of what the rapper Ice Cube, actor, we'll say actor as well. He's, I love his movies. <laughs> he cracks me up, especially Friday. Uh, I kind of grew up in uh, watching that. Uh, but he has this car ride with Tucker Carlson, who is interviewing him. And I think he gives one of the best answers as to why he refused the experimental COVID-19 injection and turned down Hollywood movies and in tons of money he left on the table. Um, you know, people are saying, oh, that's courageous. And yeah, I guess it is. You know, you look at it and, and you say he has money, but, you know, who who couldn't use nine million dollars? Right. <laughs> um, but for him to stand and and come out and um and say that is huge so let's let's take a listen to that why wouldn't you take the vax um you you had a direct order to take it you were told to take it yeah i'm not real good with direct orders but on a whole nother note (laughs) um, but it was a command 
I didn't. I mean, they told. I'm sorry, they told you. I mean, they couldn't have been clearer about yeah, it. Yeah, it was pretty clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you take it? Of course not. Yeah, no. It, it wasn't ready. You know, it was six month. You know, kind of rush job, and and I didn't feel safe. But they told you you were safe. I know what they said. <laughs> I know what they said. And I heard them. I heard them loud and clear. But it's it's not their decision. There's no repercussions if they're wrong. But I get all the repercussions if they're wrong. Was, was it a tough call for you? No, it wasn't a tough call. You know, I wanted it to be an example for my kids. You know, really make sure they didn't take it either. Show them that I, you know, I wanted to stand on my convictions and that I was willing, you know, to lose $9 million and more because we've probably lost more, you know, since then. The idea is that people who stand on their convictions are heroes. They're brave. They have principles. You know, they're the people we look to for inspiration. But in this case, with this decision and these principles, you were not hailed as a hero. No. You were attacked. Why won't you get the vaccine, man? Hey, look, man, I'd just rather be myself than take that vaccine like you other three billion bozos. <laughs> I never told anyone not to get vaccinated publicly. That was never my message to the world. I didn't even want people to know whether I got vaccinated or not. I was pretty upset that that even came out because you know, I was just gonna quietly, you know, just not take it and deal with the consequences as they came. Do you know anyone who was injured by the vaccine? I do. And they suffer every day and it's, it's hard to watch. Suffering in silence is not the answer all the time. You know, sometimes you gotta let people know what's going on so you can actually move the needle. I choose to be vocal. If it's true, why can't I say it? <laughs> well, you can't say it because it is true. <laughs> there it is. Now that's the problem with the world today. That, There's no penalty problem. for lying. No one's ever punished for lying. It's only telling the truth gets you in trouble. Ain't that something? That's true. Yeah, that is so true. Well, I feel all that. Let me tell you, I feel all that. You know, there there's so many people I know um, that I grew up with. I, I grew up in Chicago um, with street smarts, right? And it's like, when you have street smarts and you can recognize BS, you, you know when you're getting played. And the fact that so many people didn't realize that they were getting played is incomprehensible to me. Incomprehensible. I cannot believe that so many people um, didn't know they were getting played. And then those that knew they were getting played didn't have the integrity to do the right thing not only just for themselves, right? But what about the example that they set for their children? And for me, that was one of the big reasons as well of me blowing the whistle. They heard me from the jump, from the jump talking, we need to watch out. What are they doing? This is propaganda, masks don't work, social distancing, circles are made up, 
all of these things they heard me say and just complain, complain, you know, and research and research and, and talk and, and post on Facebook, right. And ask questions and, and talk to my colleagues and try to have scientific discourse. And, um, you just couldn't, you just couldn't. So it's like, I go back to the same answer that I gave to the, the viewer email, um, is that people, a number one, they follow the wrong thing. They follow the wrong thing. Let that sink in. What do you think they're following? They're following fear. And what's the opposite of fear? Faith. Faith is the opposite of fear. So we have, what, what happened to all the Christians, right? What happened to all the people that have a belief in God of the Bible? There's so many denominations. And in the Bible, it tells us over and over and over, fear not, fear not. Trust in the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, right? Do not be fearful. And people didn't lean on that. They bow down to the altar of the government. And, you know, not maintaining personal integrity, it makes it easier to just do it again, right? Do the same thing. Just go along with it. Go along with the flow because that's what everybody else is doing. And where we're finding ourselves these days is, you know, just, I think the foreshadowing, right? It's deceit and confusion in our society. And the Satan and Satan is the author of that. The Bible tells us that Satan is the author of confusion. And you see that you see that happening in the transgender movement. You see that happening with the COVID. We see that happening all over. And the Bible talks about a one world government and a mark of the beast system. And we know the World Health Organization, they're, they're preparing for a one world government, a one world currency, a one world religion. End times prophecy is just coming at us so fast. We, we can't have a one world government, guys. We, we have got to stop bowing down to the altar of the government and start looking to the Lord, our God. There's somebody on uh, Instagram. I, I came across this reel. I want to play it for you. I'm, I'm already preparing myself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially to literally be cut off from civilization because the Bible, I see all this biblical prophecy well, coming true. What'd you say? I said we're half doing that too. Yeah, we are. And and I see all this biblical prophecy coming true. And it says the Antichrist will rise and anybody who doesn't worship him is getting cut off from the global economy. I'm like, okay, check. Everybody who gets the mark of the beast is going to hell. That's what the Bible tells us. I will never get that. So I'm mentally preparing myself the, the, the problem to with be this cut is off. You can go back every decade and find people saying exactly what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. In the exact same way. For sure. So it's like... But you can't go back every decade and find companies filing patents like Microsoft filed in April of 2020. Well, you're, you're not claiming that the COVID-19 vaccine is the mark of the beast. No, But I'm what not. you're saying is like, 
it's a precursor or a warning it's or the a COVID step, vaccine, an incremental It was step. like a prototype. It was like a cultural prototype for the mark, in a sense. I'm not saying that the, the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. I'm saying yeah. they use this problem reaction solution paradigm to test how people are going to respond to tyrannical mandates to see whether or not people will accept them or if they'll reject them. And they're push, they're using all of this, these pandemics, the, the solutions to them, they're using all of this to push us towards a new world order system. The transhumanism angle when it comes to the end times, I think that's, that, to me, that's the one that I look out for the most because I believe that the promise of the Antichrist will be yeah. So, I mean, essentially, you know, I play that not because of the person that's speaking, but because that's what you're seeing more and more people are coming out and talking about it. Right. And, you know, the, the idea of the mark of the beast is that if you do not take that number, you will not be able to buy, sell, trade anything that will totally cripple you. If you do not have other ways to barter and exchange and align yourself with other like-minded people. Like you're, you're done. You're done. I mean, I remember my sister Kelly growing up talking about it. She's like, they will cut. What if they cut off, you know, your baby's, you know, fingers right in front of you. I mean, think of the absolute worst thing. If, what will you do? And I made a resolve way back when, to never, ever take it, ever, no matter what, because like this world is not our home and people forget that. That's where I talk about people living in the, in the natural, in the world or living as spiritual beings, people of light. We are the salt of the earth. We are to shine our light in the darkness, right? Not hide it under a lamp. We're supposed to let it shine and shine so brightly. It, it is a big, big deal, you know, and for me being saved and being a follower of Yeshua, you know, there that's the only way that we are going to have peace and eternal life is if we give ourselves over to him. In June of 2020, I submitted to him. I, I had seen a foreshadowing of all this to come. And I just knew that this was the beginning of the end times for me. And, you know, it's like, I want you to understand, like, do you understand that your sons and your daughters, your grandsons, your granddaughters, your great-grandchildren that you may never see are counting on you to rise up to what God has called you to be. Do you know that there are generational curses that you can get a handle on if you get right in your identity and God? Guys, that's all the time that we have for today. But join Nurses Out Loud five days a week. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 11 p.m. Eastern Time for our encore presentation. All of our shows go to podcast. We are five nurses that came together, bound by ethical principles and on a mission 
to expose the purveyors of propaganda. Please join us, share our shows, send an email, nurses at americaoutloud.com and let us know what you think. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time.